in loving memory of Harold Sanders. He's one of my dearest friend's father. I had an opportunity of meeting him once, and I can see where she get her kindness from. At the time that we recorded this podcast, he was in hospice care. Just a week later, he passed away. I want to thank her for allowing me to laugh and cry and cut up on this podcast. Guys, this is a colorful one, and it's a two-part series. But I love the way she spoke about kindness, friends, family, and the craziness that we always go through. I hope you enjoy. Two-part, very colorful. Be ready. Let's feed. Hi, guys. This is Regina with Chemo Glow. My guest today is my girl, Vanessa. She is one of the few people who know me best. And I'm going to apologize up front. I have no idea how this episode's going to go. Heck, I don't even know what episode this is. I think this is episode five because I've been doing shorts in between. But um, we're just going to chop this thing up because both of us have been locked in the house for at least two, three weeks now because of what's going on in the world. But let me first introduce you, have her say something so I can get her on the mic. Hey, V. What up? (laughs) (laughs) So you you guys already know how this is going to go. And I think she's on her second glass of wine. (laughs) And I'm on my first. So this is going to be interesting. But this is my podcast. I've been wanting to get her on the podcast for the longest. Um, I was going to do a three-part special with her and two other ladies, but because of the world today, we're all quarantined in our house, sitting still. She's in one city, I'm in another. So we're doing this FaceTime thing and just recording. So, um, V, how you doing over there? I'm hanging strong. <laughs> I, I was about to get a. Uh, a nasty word out my mouth. <laughs> I have already. They don't take these kids back to damn school. I'm gonna choke somebody out. <laughs> so that's how I'm doing <laughs> right about now. <laughs> how long have you been in the house? Um, well, I'm not so bad because you know I'm an essential job, which <laughs> I, honestly it's a blessing. However, I've been, you know, my job I can do from home and I have to because, you know, my child is home yes. because they kicked them out to school. And that's what they did. They kicked them out. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how old is your daughter? They kicked them out. Ten years old. Oh, that's nothing but fun times. You better leave my baby alone. Leave her alone. Tank going on uh, 25. <laughs> well, at least you're not driving back and forth to like cheerleading and tumble and all that stuff right now. Well, I tell you that that is like you start to miss that stuff after the first week is like, woohoo, I'm home. Yeah. And after the first week, second week, it starts going downhill from there. <laughs> well, are you I still mean, paying? Am I still what? Like paying dues while you're, while you're not. Driving up and down the road. <laughs> yes. I was about to say a curse word, but yes, of course we are. <laughs> the cheer actually did, they did something better. They said, 
if you can pay, pay, because we still got to pay our staff. Yeah. We really want to make sure that it, they're able to take care of their households. If you pay half, pay half, just mm-hmm. let us know what you can pay. So they actually did, the, the gym, what they did was very, um, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't want to make up my own words. Yes, that's going to happen a lot, guys. Just (laughs) be ready for it. I appreciate them. However, dance, they just took the damn money out. (laughs) It's their word. I was like, what the hell? We doing Zoom dance classes. (laughs) Y'all need to cut that in half. That's like that's I like our, <laughs> That's just like um our girls go to daycare or excuse me it's not a daycare cuz we pay tuition but um <laughs> we're still paying tuition they did decrease the rate but they're essential workers and let me just say I appreciate my girls teachers so much <laughs> Oh yeah man because that's eight hours. <laughs> you think about that's eight hours. These teachers are dealing with these kids for eight hours. And sometimes which longer. Is majority, yep. Yeah. It's majority of the day. And, you know, they need to just come and get their kids and take them back. <laughs> that's what they need to do. I mean, I don't know why they're tripping. I have, I have no idea. I'm like, I want to drop them off. I cannot wait to stop, drop, and roll. I'm going to tell them to stop, drop, and roll. You know, that first week back, man, parents are going to be throwing their kids out the car. I think I'm going to go on vacation. I think I'm going to go on vacation every day from 8 to 4. I like straight vacation. Turn my phone off, straight vacation. But enough about that. As you can see, we are are locked in the house. Um, Let's talk about how we know each other and um, talk about your experience with the GLOW. So I met you in 98. We won't get into details. Because <laughs> it'll be a whole fight the power movement and we don't want that. So, <laughs> but I met you in 98. We have been friends. We have been sisters. Uh, we are sisters. Um, you've been my roommate. How long did we live together? A year. A year. And then I met my husband in Hawaii where you met him too. Um, you, so you were there when I met my honey. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man, you were there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot all about that. No, I didn't forget you was there, but it's I like... I was like, you forgot. That's you was usually at, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you were at the very beginning of our courtship, and it yes. was funny. <laughs> so, so funny. So we've known each other for a while. Uh, we went to Hawaii together. Uh, I met my honey there. You remember when we disappeared uh, on the boat on the for the reception? Yeah, and me and my honey was out there talking forever, and I left I left you in there with uh, by only myself. By that's, yourself. that's right. Go ahead and put it out your mouth. <laughs> I did leave you there by yourself, wandering around the I, damn boat. <laughs> well, you knew Ed, and you had met Talisha. I couldn't be with Ed. Ed was getting married. <laughs> And there's no stuff going on. <laughs> so, that's right. I tro- I totally dumped you. I went I outside. Have, I, I should have taped a, a Titanic with just <laughs> one person. <laughs> me and Tavares was out there for a long time. Y'all had to come yeah. out and get us. 
And then I didn't see him anymore because we came late because my sister got married the day before and we jumped on a flight to Hawaii. Oh, we had so many drinks on that flight. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And by the time we got there, we went to the reception. They asked us to go to a dinner, like the before the wedding dinner. You remember that? Yeah. And do well, you... hell, I remember it because your husband robbed me. That's what, <laughs> how could I not remember it? He robbed me and had a smile on his face about it. So, so people don't believe me when I say that he came up to us and said, Yes, I looked at you. I know, I looked at you. I was like, What the? Who is he talking about? I'm going to need your $42. I was like, Listen, Negro, if somebody would have told me 42, somebody would have said 22, I would have said, Hell no. <laughs> I can go to somewhere fast in Hawaii. I don't want no $42 uh, meal. And remember, the meal wasn't even all that. It, it was garbage. And what did my honey do? He pointed to the ATM. When I said, I don't have any cash on me, he said, There's an ATM right out there. I wanted to choke him out. So, yeah. I, you know what? You have been there <laughs> from the beginning because I was like, who is him? Who is this person? Yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot. But um, <laughs> remember the next day, it rained and they had a beach wedding. So, all of our hair was big except for yours because yes. you, had, you, you had locked your hair. It was so pretty. And all of us had big hair because of the mist. <laughs> We were all looking like the Lion King out there. It's so, so bad. Um, yeah, goodness, V. That was, because we've been married nine years. Last Friday was our wedding anniversary. So that was nine years ago. And then after I got married, uh, no, after I got engaged, he asked me to marry him in September. And then in February, I was diagnosed. Um, you are one of the few people that I would even pick up the phone for or talk to um, during that time. So just tell me a little bit about how you were there, because I can tell you how you were there for me, but tell me how you were there um, during that time. Well, I, I, I want to backtrack a little because okay. I think that my experience with you and the glow started with your parents. That's right. Yeah. So that was my, I didn't see your dad too much. I think we were just newly friends, mm -hmm. not newly, but I remember driving there with you for your dad in the end mm -hmm. and then he passed. So I didn't have too much of an experience with your dad, but that was the first experience. You remember the, the two car accidents I got into, though? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> that was with your mom. Yes. <laughs> In and, the same and, place. <laughs> and then um, I, you know, I more so was in Fayetteville or driving with you with your mom. Mm -hmm. Every weekend, almost every weekend, you would come down with me. We would clean, we well, not cook, because neither one of us was cooking at that time. But we would clean, sit with my mom. You would meet all my family members. Yeah. yeah man, you've been riding dying. I think I said to you, what, when your mom was in the hospital one time, do you remember me saying to you, I said, I think your mom thinks we're lovers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I think she thinks I'm your girl. Because <laughs> this was after. A little beyond the girlfriend. <laughs> because by this time, my mother had, um, well, let me back up. My father died. Um, and then shortly after that, my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. And during that diagnosis, we did not, we did not know she had cancer because they kept saying she had bronchitis and she went to surgery and they had to end up doing a trach. And then it came out and they was like, so let's talk about your mom's cancer. And we was like, what are you talking about? So it was a shock to us. And by that time, my mom had a trach and no longer could speak. So all she seen was us coming down, like, who you keep bringing with you to Fairville? Why is she over here helping? I know my mom. My mom was like, why is she changing me? What's she doing? And all we would do is laugh and just cry and laugh and fight and do whatever. Because um, I had nobody to be angry with. So, yeah. Yeah, you were there during that time. And I remember when both of my parents passed, you were there. You showed up. <clears throat> yeah, you showed up because um, my father, it was my father who passed away near your birthday. Your birthday uh, is in July. July, yeah. And you still came down. Um, came down and you left. And then, of course, you were back again. So, yeah. Okay. So that first experience with my mother and you seen from where she was and where she, yeah. you know, she went through. And I had no idea this was going to be um, part of my story. And yeah. my twin at the time was taking care of my mother. I have family there. I have my brothers and my sisters. But my twin sister moved from Charlotte back home to take care of my father. And then my mother was diagnosed. So she ended up staying in Fayetteville. And taking care of my mother. She was actually there the day that my mom took her last breath. And both of us was there the day that my father took his last breath. And that's one of the things I haven't even talked about it on my podcast about my parents and my brother who who all passed away. So, yeah, yeah. this cancer is a beast. It is. I'm glad we can find some laughter in it because if not, we'd be choking some people out. Yeah, I think you. We had a lot of laughter, which is weird. <laughs> with with your mom, I'm talking about. Yeah. It's really with the driving and the experiences that we had of the car crashes. And I, you know, I was like, "What the hell are you looking at? How did you crash into the? We had a stop sign. We were Seriously? at a stop sign, guys, <laughs> and I got in the same exact accident two days in a row because yep. we would drop. I mean, two weekends in a row. Because we would drive down to Fayetteville, and then I would come up Old Wire Road, and there was a stop sign. I seen the stop sign. I seen the car. But to my mind, the car moved. Yeah, that's what you kept saying. I just swear it was moving. And I'm like, are you sure you okay to drive? <laughs> so, because you were doing those beasts of a drive, yeah, like, routinely. I would go forth. home. Whenever I got off work, I was going back and driving back and going back and driving back. And then, I, you know, because I wanted to see my mom because I knew she would be deteriorating. And um, and you remember, I wouldn't stay there. No, I wouldn't yeah, stay correct. there. It wasn't correct. until my mom was um, sick. And I remember looking at my mom. I used to like to be there on Sundays because she, for some reason she got into football towards the end of her life. And we would sit there and I would 
be in bed with her. We watch football. <clears throat> and one day she looked up and she said, I must be dying. And I was like, why? Because you're staying the night. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> death rely, you know, lies in this house. I don't want no parts of it, you know, because yeah. all three of my family members passed away in that house. And so, and two of them in the same exact space. So I, mm-hmm. I did not want to be there. And that was our little ongoing joke, which was weird. But I wanted to spend as much time with my mom as possible. And I had the flexibility to do so because of my job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, goodness. God, we've known each other a long, long, long time. Through a lot of different experiences. <laughs> I mean, we could sit here for a long time. <laughs> Talking That's about I, our experiences, I, and it's crazy because you would never think talking or dealing with us separately that we would be friends. Mm-mm, no, and that was the crazy thing of how we became friends. Which I know you don't want to go into detail, <laughs> but I think we, it's just it's it. You got to be able to tell the story. Well, you you of can tell how it because I became. Friends, I, you know what? I think I'm gonna just go ahead and make this a two part episode, <laughs> so I'll just let Josh know when to split it. <laughs> and make, hey, no coughing over there, and make a two part <laughs> episode, but yeah, so you can tell how we became friends because it was weird. So, uh, I started working at an agency that provides direct supports to adults with intellectual developmental disabilities. Regina was there as a supervisor. I came in and, you know, she didn't, I remember trying to ask Regina because the agency and they were trying to do the okie doke. They gave me some of these women that were very challenging, very difficult and hard to staff. Mm -hmm. And Regina had a certain amount of group homes. And I remember one day, sitting and asking her like I can't even remember the details I asked her I was asking her questions and she you know was rushing around and saying well this is what you got to do this is what you got to do blah 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 but we never really Mm-mm. hung out or anything like that nope. she just answered my questions and then they called me in at one point <laughs> this is this is when they fired me <laughs> Now, mind you, Regina again and I had never hung out. No, I was, I had just moved from Fayetteville to Charlotte and I actually got that job from a little newspaper. They said they were hiring and I came in and the guy was like, so what do you want? And I was like, I want your job. And so I got, I got the job. And so when you came in, I was on fire because I had so many uh, residential facilities and yes. I was uh-huh. doing my thing and I had it staffed and they hired someone opposite of me and then they brought you in <laughs> who was clueless who was clueless to it but I was such in in my way and I mean I was doing my own thing and you were actually supposed to be shadowing that other person who I know I don't even know who now I never saw I don't even know who that was. <laughs> so there was a medication error and they called me in. The supervisors called me in, mm-hmm. and I would not throw any of my staff under the bus. Mm-hmm. 
So they wanted me to point the finger at someone and say who the medication error was on. And I, I said, you know, there's no, it's a, a combination of several people's problems, mm-hmm. you know, including the person we're providing supports for. So they fired me. Mm-hmm. And I came out of there. I was, and Regina <laughs> was sitting in the lobby or the open area with the, um, I think the admin staff mm-hmm. just standing there. And I walked out the door. <laughs> and then when I walked out the door, she looked at, I don't know if you said something to me or I came straight out and said, do you know they just fired me? <laughs> you did. You came straight out. I was like, oh my goodness. What's so going on? Regina said, I, and I don't know if I was amped up. I'm sure I was You were. You up. were on 10. <laughs> you, you were real and special in that moment. Regina, <laughs> correct. I am, as you know now. But well, it was very insightful for to pick up on that then. I did. <laughs> Regina said to me, what? <laughs> okay, girl, this is what you're going to do. She took her house keys out of wherever she had them. She gave me her house keys. Now, knowing who you are, Regina, mm-hmm. you know that we were meant to meet each other. Yep. Because this is not the type of person you are. You don't just give your house keys Mm-mm. to anyone. Nope. You're actually, you don't even have people in your space. I don't. I'm Unless very you private. Trust them mm-hmm. and they're, I mean, it has to be extensive. So even now, I'm shocked. <laughs> God must have been whispering in your ear. Like, I help this girl because she going to blow this place yep. up. <laughs> that you took your keys out and you gave them to me and you said here my twins at my house go to my house right now and i'll meet you there later mm-hmm. and me of all uh, okay what's your address <laughs> and <laughs> i had never met her twin yep i drove over to her house and hey, I'm Vanessa, and I'm blah, 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 and sat with her twin until Regina got there, and it's it's went there from on. Yeah, from there, we've been friends. Ever so since. many experiences. It is amazing. I can't even believe the way that we became friends. Mm-hmm. It is shocking. Yeah, because people who really know me, I'm very private, and the fact that I'm doing a podcast is like crazy. Um, but I can't go through this experience and not get something out of it besides life. Thank you. But still, um, but yeah, cause Vanessa, when you came out of there, yo, <laughs> I thought oh, for I sure. wanted to slap the sh- out of Be- Becky, <laughs> Becky, Becky, who I'm now we've, we've made up. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. And what's crazy is the person who fired you was my mentor. Uh, <laughs> Like, he's still my mentor. No, he didn't fire me. He had Becky fire me. Remember? Robert didn't fire me. (laughs) Becky fired me. I'm going to have to, like, bleep out all these names. (laughs) No, it's cool. (laughs) Just don't use their last name. And then, of course, I went on a rampage of and wrote them a letter saying you fired me because I was (laughs) African-American. (laughs) <laughs> this is a black day. <laughs> it is so was not. It was a medication era. And guess what? Tag, you're it. <laughs> you the last you the last one in. So she's yeah. gonna be the first one out. But that like that's the energy that she brought into that office. Cause we had an office 
across the street, you know, like across the hallway. And you had came into the other office. And I was like, if I don't get this girl out of here, we're going to be on Action 9 News. <laughs> and that is how we started our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So that is so crazy. Goodness. Yeah, we have been hanging out forever. Even when um, you became my roommate. Mm-hmm. We won't go into all the details, but I was like, pack your stuff. I'm going to get this truck. You're going to put yeah. everything on it. <laughs> and we're going to move all your stuff in one night right now. And she was like, what? Pack your stuff. No, no, no. First, you gave me the key. Yeah. And I was like, what you giving me this for? You said, because I want you to know that you have a key to my house and you are welcome anytime you tell me you want to be in the house. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay. And it was like a week later. Mm-hmm. A week later, you was like, okay, this is it. That's mm-hmm. it. We're going to pack your shit tonight. <laughs> Here go. Bleep that shit out. <laughs> and... You are coming to my house tonight. Yeah, we're done with this. Yep, I I could always see when you were gonna hit the wall, like when you were gonna hit the wall. It wouldn't have been good for anybody. Like when you hit the wall, that's when your sister calls me. Is like, hey, have you seen her? <laughs> it's like she's on a park bench, rocking back and forth. <laughs> so I must say, I always know when you are gonna go all the way to the right. <laughs> all the way to the left, or you're going to stand there and put your fist in the air. So we have, and it takes to have a relationship with friends like that when you're going through stuff. But I must say, V, you always never want to bother anybody. Like, never. No, I don't. You won't ask. You won't bother nobody. So that's why I always say, here you go. Let's go. Because I don't have time for you to tell me, I don't. No, get your stuff, put it on the back of this truck, and let's hope that it doesn't fall off. I mean, we've done a lot, which I think how when you get to these hard times, yeah, that's what grounds the relationship mm-hmm. or the friendship. You know, all these memories, and you know, throwing at one point. I mean, come on, I moved seven times. <laughs> You helped me throw my couch over the banister <laughs> of the second floor of my apartment. <laughs> so when you get to these difficult times, when you get to these difficult times like this, mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the things you know with you mm-hmm. when you told me you had cancer, or even when you came mm-hmm. during. I mean, because the brunt of anything never really laid on me because you were married and Mm -hmm. you were in Raleigh. There was only so much I could do. So Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like kind of, what? I don't want to say useless because that's not the word, but it was just like, I couldn't do anything. No, you did the biggest favor for me the day I got married. Uh And I was like, you have to do this favor for me. The day I got married, because my, I got. Yeah, but that wasn't a favor. That, uh, uh, you know, that was minimal. That. <laughs> you know, in comparison. It was, you know, it was. Not for it was, me. It's not, it was minimal. <laughs> not for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
we won't say what that was, but you did that because I got married like um, within 36 hours. I only had yeah. two bridesmaids. That was my sister and that was Vanessa. And I did a podcast, a podcast short about how neither one of them had on their dress. We're not going to go back and forth about it, but neither one of them had on their bridesmaid's dress. I just want your audience to know that (laughs) we never had a bridesmaid's dress. (laughs) Regina's going to swear we had a bridesmaid's dress, but it's funny how I never saw the bridesmaid's dress. You see that closet that's right behind you? No, honey. There's no yellow dress in there. I took it out. And gave it. <laughs> well, she took it out without showing it to me. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, I was going to call Sunny out and say, remember I gave all that stuff to Sunny? Because she was helping folks, um, people who needed uh, prom dresses. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. See, that's your, I, that's uh, your problem. Okay. And that's your problem right there. So anyway, <laughs> we, we digress. We're coming back. <laughs> but you no, know, you are not useless because I could call you and tell you anything, like all my thoughts. And and people think that you gotta have like faith. Like if you have faith, you can't be worried. Or if you have faith, you have to believe. Like people try to tell you how you should be when you're sick. Yeah. And I used to say, well, call me when they cut off your left titty and then we can talk. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember <laughs> you calling me and saying. <laughs> and then I'm like, call me when your skin is missing on your side. It, yeah. Or call me when your hair is trying to grow back, but it burns. You know, yeah. people would really be like, oh, you got cancer because you got you did the mammogram. What? Okay, let me not choke this person out today. So, you know, no, you were there because there's only few peoples that I can tell my... uh, Did I say peoples with an S on it? You sure did. Welcome to the club. (laughs) That is because that special (laughs) mixture I have up there. There's only few people that I can actually just be myself, say what I want, want to and not be judged um, about my, you know, what's coming out. And you'll tell me, Regina, whoa, but I get it, <laughs> you know, but you won't <laughs> slam me for feeling that. So yeah. I would stay at your house because um, at this time I was living in another city. We'll just say Raleigh since she has always thought that I lived in Raleigh. I've never lived in Raleigh. <laughs> But it's close to there, right? We'll keep it at Raleigh. Um, you and Bryce say the same thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep it at Raleigh. But I used to have to, during treatment, treatment um, I had a great job that allowed me to drive back and forth to go through treatment. And the only reason why I was coming to Charlotte, because Charlotte wasn't cancer. Charlotte was home. Where I was yeah. living at was cancer. So that's the only reason why I kept... Um, driving down there, but you know, you, your daughter was there. I would come down. You would see me with nothing. Like I, I would need your help with uh, sometimes if my lymphedema was bothering me or if I'm showing you my surgery scars. And then one time you connected me with this most amazing woman, Miss Ingrid. Um, 
I had called you and you said, hey, you should come and talk to Ingrid. Um, do you remember this conversation, ma'am? No. <laughs> so you were like, hey, I got somebody in the um, in my office who's going through something. You should come by. And I have heard of this person. And I went by there and it was so crazy because I came to see you. I ended up seeing her. We're back there showing each other our battle scars and talking because she was going through a different type of cancer. She was going through ovarian cancer. And that was like one of the best connections like that. I'm really thankful for because we connected in that short bit of time that we got to know each other. Um, I still have her last voicemail that she left me because we were supposed to get together after her PET scan, but it didn't go so well. And then at her funeral, her husband came up to me and said, hey, you're Regina. And I was like, well, how do you know me? Because apparently Ingrid had a couple of conversations about what we were going through. And it was nice to be able to share. So um, that connection, she will always have a special, you know, I always have something for her. She's like be a part part of my heart. She's She was just amazing. And- but the thing is, like with that, I don't remember having that conversation mm-hmm. with you, but I remember the intent mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. because Ingrid was very discouraged. Yeah. Very discouraged. Like the cancer, it beat you up physically, mm-hmm. but it was really demolishing her emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing about you, Regina, no matter what you've gone through, you, through cancer, you may have been in the dumps, but the next day you came up swinging, you came up, uh, your spirit was up, you know, as we all know. Okay. So one thing is we, well, we don't all know, you know, I'm not a morning person. (laughs) You know, I'm not a what is it? I'm sensitive, but mm-hmm. not touchy feely, not 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 really that talkative type of person. Even though at work they don't believe this, but <laughs> I, I have to talk to you guys. Uh, it's not my choice. I just have to. <laughs> However, you are that type of person where every morning we woke up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> you would say, "Good morning, sunshine." sunshine. And you're like, what the hell is the matter with her? (laughs) Who could be this damn happy in the morning? And no matter what you have ever gone through with your parents, whatever, you've always had an upbeat attitude. You'll curse a motherfucker out in a second. (laughs) However. I'm going to have to bleep. (laughs) However, (laughs) you always keep an upbeat spirit about you no matter what. And I remember that throughout all that you've gone through mm-hmm. with the cancer, mm-hmm. you have continued to say to me, even in your work times with your lymphedema, mm-hmm. I probably pronounced that wrong. That's all right. <laughs> with your breast getting cut off, with, you know, the surgeries that did not go the way they were supposed mm-hmm. to go. Yep. You have always continued to say, Good morning, sunshine. Hey, sunshine. Yep. What's going on? People think no I just what. started saying that's that. That is my thing. Stuck with me with Ingrid. It's mm-hmm. like she was be down, and I said, 
God, I need to connect her to Regina mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, she had a really, really bad cancer. Of course, I didn't know how bad it is when you have ovarian cancer, but I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. And all I couldn't do anything for her, but all I could think was connect her to Regina. And what's crazy is her husband wrote me, Ingrid, and her, you know, after she passed, Ingrid wrote something, and her husband um, mailed it to me. And she'd always said, no matter what you do, after you're done with, with having kids, I need you to take out your ovaries. You know, breast cancer is a beast, but ovarian cancer is a monster. So I still have um, the the letter from her husband that I that I, I will continue to cherish and keep. And when I set up my whole podcasting um, closet in my new home, that's going to be in my frame sitting right there to remind me of the people that I've met during this time. Mm-hmm. And there's been quite a few people that um, I, I, I've met and the people I'm continuing to meet because I can't let what, what I am going through or have went through, because it's never over. You got to take medication or yeah. you got it's never over. Um, I never want um, for this just to be in vain. So even like when you would call me and say, I didn't want to bother you. I'd be like, chick, Really? First of all, I should slap you because of that. <laughs> number one. But number two is I feel that I am my best when I am working with someone and sharing their moment with them. Because mm-hmm. I remember how private I wanted to be. And my husband was my protector. You had to go through him to get through me. But I started to realize that by going through him, that had to be hard on him. Everybody calling him, how's your wife? How's this? We had only been married 16 days. Like, my ninth year is coming up next next year. I mean, next week. So April, yeah, goodness gracious. We had only been married 16 days. So April 19th, I was on the table. So for everybody to keep calling him and saying, hey, how's Regina doing? And he didn't know half of my friends. Because we lived in two different cities. He knew you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I was like, you can talk to her, but you ain't talking to nobody else about it. Yeah. Or you can only talk to these people. Do you remember when you brought my wedding dress up with Jewel and Cassandra? Well, hell yeah, because I got a damn ticket coming back <laughs> home. That's the only reason I probably remember that. I forgot about <laughs> Did I lose? I was I was on that. What what are you? Your 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 amount doesn't go down for how many years? Yes, yes. You you got a ticket for me when I (laughs) when I um and 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 Cassandra was the other person I was going to do the podcast with. Have y'all three together? Um, Cassandra, when I got my diagnosis, they called me that same day and said that my dress was ready. And I called Cassandra and said, if you don't get it, I might cut it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she went and picked up my wedding dress. Like she went and picked it up and I was just going to wear anything to the wedding. Cause to me, I was like, okay, it's just a formality, you know? Yeah. And, um, y'all drove my dress up and, 
Um, y'all were yelling at Tavares, you got to get out. You can't see her in a wedding dress. So he went on the side of the house and he planted me all these beautiful flowers and plants on the side of the house. And did we go out to lunch after that? Yeah. Then we yeah. went to lunch and then y'all were out. Yeah. Like Came so, back that night. So I don't know how you think that you wasn't part of the process. Come on, man. Please. My personality and who I am is I am a hands-on doer. Yeah. And to me, these things are not really that much hands-on. So it just feels, it doesn't feel like. Well, let me tell you. example, as my mom was going through her illness. Mm -hmm hands-on yeah like caring for her that's what i mean like if i'm not doing something physically to mm-hmm. touch you and ha- well let me help you put this on and let me help you take that shower mm-hmm. or that bath and what do you need you need me to go pick up medicine which is mean meaning what i say earlier that i didn't have the burden it burdened not in a negative way but just in the feeling of what do i need to do tell me what i need to do so i can do it mm-hmm. and be a part of yeah. healing. I didn't do that. Well, you because you weren't here. So to me, I didn't do too much of anything. Well, Tavares used to show me when you would text him and say, "How's Regina doing?" You know, I be- I bet you don't even remember that either, do you? Nope, sure yeah. don't. <laughs> so you would call or text and say, "How's Regina doing?" <laughs> or you would call Sharon or whatever. But those are the friends because you're not a snowflake. If you listen to my podcast one, episode one, which I don't know if you have yet, (laughs) but if you listen to it, I talk about snowflakes. Those are the people who are there in the moment. They want to be there because you were diagnosed with something. They want to wear pink, shave their heads, do all that stuff, which I'm, hey, some people don't know what to do when you're going through. That's fine. But they disappear if they're not part of the process. But at any time, I can pick up the phone and say, V, I need you. Put that black makeup under your eyes. Cause we about to... <laughs> because it's about to go down. You know, I got three friends like that. You're one of them. Jewel is the other one. And Cassandra is that one, too. All right? Those God, three. Could you imagine all three of us together doing that? Oh, my God. But if you think about like... all of y'all came up to bring my wedding dress. The three people that I needed to do it. And now, Jewel, I have known since junior high school. Uh Maybe, yeah, junior high school, because we went to two separate elementary schools. I met Cassandra through Jewel. And then I met you, and now you know Jewel and Cassandra. And y'all are all three different personalities. Uh But y'all came together and uh, got that ticket. On the way home. (laughs) (laughs) On the way home. So no, that that is like amazing. And you're not a snowflake. You're not the ones that melt away. Because I had some people who were like, "How dare you don't invite me to the wedding?" And I was like, "Somebody better get that person." Uh You know, because they either thought I was it was a shotgun wedding, thought I was pregnant, because I didn't tell a lot of people what was going on. And then when they found out, they were like, but how dare you? They weren't like, 
my cousin Demero that paid for my wedding dress. He couldn't make it. That was his gift to me. You know, they weren't like that. Um, they were people who were there. And those same people that were there at the beginning, but physically couldn't be in the space. And again, I was newly married. And my husband told me he got this. Like, I got this. He still got me. So yeah. he was doing what he needed to do. And you guys actually supported him by checking in and making sure that I was all right. Or let me call you and say crazy stuff to you instead of telling my newly my new husband <laughs> that everybody in here can kick rocks with open toe shoes on. <laughs> including this doctor in front of me. <laughs> well, I think that that is something that um, is probably very important within the GLOW to, mm-hmm. for others to understand is about what part they take in somebody's healing or even That's right. if that person is not healing, what part you can take in them. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think people talk about that. Mm-mm. They may talk about what's very physical that you can see, mm-hmm. but they don't talk about the emotions surrounded around Mm-mm. the globe, the emotions of the family members or the caregivers mm-hmm. or the siblings or the friends or what can you do? Mm-hmm. What should you do? Yep. Should you do anything? So people wander around yeah. with the thought of not knowing what to do. I just had a friend whose father-in-law passed uh, last week. And before he passed, she called me and was telling me about her experience with him. And she kept saying that, you know... He's ready. He's telling me I'm okay. And I'm telling him, no, you need a fight. And I was like, allow him to say what he needs to say. Because between you being his daughter-in-law and he has his son and then he has his wife, he's making sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. And he can't tell his son or his wife that it's time for me to go. So he's telling you. And she was like, I didn't think about it. And I said, does he say it when nobody else is in the room? Yeah. And I said, let him know it's okay. Because people think when you stop fighting, you know, that you've given up. Mm-mm. Like that peace of mind is a beautiful thing. There were moments when I thought that I was not going to be on this side. Had you know, the stuff that I was going through the blood clots, the stuff that was outside of the initial diagnosis, I didn't think I was going to be here. I was having many moments. But the one thing my husband used to say, you can have that moment. You just can't live in that moment. Like express it, have it, let it go, scream, cry, shout, curse, do whatever you need to do, but come back. And because he allowed me to do that, just like you allow me to say whatever I needed to say without saying, uh-uh, Regina, no, no, you can't leave. You just allowed me to express how I was feeling at that time. And again, it may change, but it didn't mean that I was giving up the fight. It just meant that at this time, I got to find some peace. And my peace is telling you that I'm okay. And I had to come to that point where I was like, I'm okay with whatever happens. Doesn't mean I ain't pissed as hell that I had to go all the way to Hawaii, find this man that I love, and all of a sudden this goes on, you know? So 
but I was all right in that moment where I was at. And every day that changes, right? Every day that changes. So is there anything else that we have went to the left, to the right, and in the middle? (laughs) Is there anything else about this glow that you've experienced or brought you closer to or anything you want to talk about? I think that my experiences with you, Mm -hmm. meaning your mom, Mm -hmm. your dad, you, even though I have to say you are quite different than a lot lot of others, because even dealing with Ingrid versus you, Mm -hmm. you know, again, your personality is strong, Mm-hmm. No matter if your body ha- is weak mm-hmm. at that moment, mm-hmm. I've never seen you emotionally just broken down. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll say you may curse, you may cry or whatever, but still, like, I- I've never seen you, like, just break down and where I thought mm-hmm. that you were just going to completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. Not saying you wasn't there. <laughs> I just never saw that. Which uh-huh. is why I think me... For when I used to talk to Ingrid, mm-hmm. I, maybe I didn't say it to you, but I did say to her, you'll be okay. You'll come out of this mm-hmm. only because I saw you come out. Mm-hmm. So to me, I didn't understand the semantics of her cancer, ovarian versus breast cancer. It was just a cancer to me. Mm-hmm. So I did say to her, and I remember it, she was just like beat down right before I went to Korea, which is right before she died. Mm -hmm. And she said, Vanessa, I think it's it. I think this is the end. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make it. That's what she said. She was saying, I'm not going to make it. I just think this is the end. It basically. And I said, Ingrid, this is not the end. You'll, you'll, you'll beat this. Mm -hmm. You'll be, you'll be fine. And, you know, Mm -hmm. saying those things to her and, you know, I don't know if she took it the same way you would have taken that, Mm -hmm. only because she was beat down. Yeah. She was beat down. And then um, I said, Jill, you'll be fine. Just continue to do what you're doing. Pray, whatever. Because she was very much, she would talk about praying Mm -hmm. in the church. And then I went to Korea and she died. Yeah. You know? So it's just like, but dealing with you your family and the struggle that I saw you go through and then you now having cancer, I think has helped me with my father Mm -hmm. having cancer. Yeah. You know, because even, uh, and we'll get to this. I don't feel like I, I, they're me. I had anything, even though I see the signs on the paper and, Mm -hmm. you know, take this medicine to me. No, I don't have anything. What are you talking about? But yet, you know, my father going through his and just is it's it a really, lot. It's like a punch in the gut. I remember when you called me, I was doing I was actually recording a, a podcast and I was doing the intro to uh, you know, these three words, how they change your life. Like I was in the middle of the recording when you called me and you was like, I didn't want to bother you. And had I been in front of you, <laughs> I would have said, smack, 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 smack. What are you talking about? Um, but it's a lot to take in to hear another family member say, I have cancer. Yeah. 
Or then you start to say, well, when did you go? How long has it been? And you start asking all these questions and you realize that people block it out mm-hmm. and people don't want to believe and people can't believe. Like for me, I was mad. I was mad because I just had three loved ones pass away. Mad. Um, I seen how people gawked at my mom when they would walk into the room when she was sick. And I even seen church folks come and get try to get my mom's tides while she was on her deathbed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was pretty. Um, and so it was like, like literally she took her last, uh, you know, her last breath the next day, but they were still there. But, um, I never wanted anybody to walk into a room and see me in that way. So Mm -hmm. I was very private on purpose because I know how much, and you see how much it took out of me because every time I walked into my mom's room, I wouldn't let her see that part of me because everybody, because they draw from your energy. Correct. They draw from your energy and um, energy and and you not being able to be near your father and him needing to be in a different care facility or go see another, you know, another hospital and move and be closer. That's a lot to take in. And I remember you saying, you know, I need him to fight. We need to make these memories. And I knew you were not going to listen to me at that time that you were talking because you were speaking what your true feelings were. And again, People are, it's not there. They're not trying to fight. They're trying to figure it out. And well, what does this mean? You know, for me, let me say I was trying to figure it out. But some people would say if I was quiet, I I wasn't fighting. If I was cursing, that's not godly, you know? (laughs) So that I understand. And, and, and I know that is your dad still in the hospital now? Did he? Yeah. Okay. uh Like, and I appreciate you doing this podcast because you got a lot going on in your life right now. Um, so we're definitely going to keep your father in our prayers and um, your family. Because being a caregiver, being a loved one, having, you know, a daughter, um, you know, miss her grandfather and things like that. That's a lot. So you just got to remember you're not going to always have the right things to say or know what to say. So, um, yeah, I think the pressure, of course, because my sister is there with him where he is, um, Mm -hmm. I can see the strain for Mm -hmm. her. And of course, he's the the reality is he's had a better relationship with her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, it's more impactful. Not saying it's not to me. My father, I love him very dearly. Yeah. However, she has had an actual relationship with him Mm -hmm. where he's been in her life and he's part of the daily routine Mm -hmm. even before the cancer so you know i could see the impact for her Mm -hmm. and you know i guess one thing that i know that no matter what i'm going through 
the worst, you know, is someone's pity. Yeah. Which is why I disconnect with people. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm going through something, I just start disconnecting. I had I talk. I don't want to. I don't want. No, I don't want to go out to dinner because <laughs> if you're gonna look at me like that, mm-hmm. and, and you're gonna want to know the semantics of the crisis or what's going on, you don't want. I don't want to deal with it at that moment. Then so it's a disconnect for me. But one thing my father said, which is up. Uh, I guess this is just who I, the same thing, because you just said it to me. Mm-hmm. You said, yeah, I haven't been taking anyone's calls except yours. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Why are you just taking mine, Dad? He said, because you don't put pressure on me. There you go. There you, you just go. talk. Mm-hmm. You don't ask me why I'm not doing this, mm-hmm. why I'm not doing that. You know, because I don't want it. I, I wouldn't want something to do that to me. Oh, uh, and we know this. <laughs> so, we'll talk about that fight like, fight later later i'm just like i just want him to have a great conversation and be in a good mood so the last thing i'm asking him is you know i'll ask him about mm-hmm. doctor's appointments but i'm like you know hey what's going on so mm-hmm. do you want to take a walk with us dad or mm-hmm. what you've been looking at on tv the last thing i'm talking about it's his cancer. Yeah. And you know what's so great about that? The fact that you have that relationship now when he needs someone the most is amazing. I'm only taking your phone calls. Like for him to say that, that was impactful. Because... Well, yeah, very much. Because I, I would never think it. hmm You know, you just... Yeah. That's like my dad, when he was dying, I would drive down. He would drive me crazy. And then I would leave. I think you were with me that one time where I was like, let's go. I'm out. And uh, my mom was like, your dad said you didn't stop at the stop sign. I was like, what? Looking at me driving away after they got on my nerves. I drove two and a half hours and I left in 30 minutes. (laughs) So I knew that he was okay and our relationship was okay because I wasn't a daddy's girl. So I knew that our relationship was okay. Even they don't they don't say it. Um, I knew that we were good. So having that is is a great thing. Having that is a great thing. Now I know I'm gonna have to do a part two with you, but I'm not gonna let you get off. I'm just gonna say right now at fifty six fifty three, it's a part two. So we're gonna move into our next segment. I have to remember it's fifty six fifty three. So at 57, we're starting. Hi, guys. This is Regina, and you're listening to Chemo Glow. You know, I've been on the phone with my girlfriend, Vanessa, for an hour, and I know that we have to do a part two because, um, yeah, we could talk all day. She's getting sleepy, but I, I have at least 30 minutes out of her. So she can get sleepy all she wants to. But if you listen to... Uh, part one, you would, you probably heard her brush past a moment where she said, we'll talk about that later. Or we'll get into that later. So she's giving me permission to get into it. And then she'll just tell me to shut up if she doesn't want me to talk about it. <laughs> so Vanessa is like, when I tell you, she is my dearest, dearest friend. Like she is my road dog. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you, V. You know this. Um, and I happened to be down in Charlotte, what, 
and around October, right before October or a little bit after October, I was down in Charlotte doing a, a healing hands or something workshop. And I brought my girls with me. So I had them stay at Vanessa house for a couple of days. And then, then they would stay over at uh, my other girlfriend's house. And I was stressed out. And V doesn't know that I wanted to fight her that weekend. Like, literally fight her. And so, Vanessa and I had gotten in a conversation. And I know that her, her, her father was sick. And we were talking about different things. And I'm sitting across from her with her bowl of wine. Because <laughs> she doesn't drink a glass. She drinks a bowl of wine, right? And we're having this whole conversation and we're talking about doctor's appointments and she's asking me what's going on with me. And I'm asking her, so what happened? Because I do not forget. Chemo brain is special, but I don't forget certain things. And I was like, what happened to that doctor's appointment? And she said, what doctor's appointment? And that's where it started. <laughs> so would you like to elaborate or you want me to tell my side of the story when I said I wanted to choke you out? remember it anymore, as, as we all know. <laughs> she, My memory is very selective. And she has nothing to blame it on. <laughs> Probably some college year stuff, you know, when she was in college. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and um, uh, a year ago, I was on my way to Charlotte again, and I called her, and she said she had a doctor's appointment, and she had to end up rescheduling this doctor's appointment because it was with the oncologist. And I said, say what now? An oncologist. Remember I had, I have to have this procedure done. And she was very vague. Very, very vague. And there's not many people in your circle that I talk to. Um, so I was like, I'm going to have to bust out and call certain people that I don't normally talk to to find out what's going on with me. And so she was very vague with them too. Um, and she had a procedure done and she was like, yeah, I had this done and now I got to go see, um, not an oncologist. You had to go see, yeah, you had to go see your oncologist about medication, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. my oncologist. It was a different oncologist. Yes, because you had a surgical yes. oncologist. Now you needed to go see a different oncologist. So Correct. guys, you know what chemo glow is about, right? <laughs> If you tell me you have to go see an oncologist, then I'm going to perk up, especially to my girl V, right? So she's sitting here telling me the story like it is nothing. And she said she went to a doctor's appointment because you had a cough. You had a cough. You needed cough medicine or something. Yeah. The allergies were bothering you. And the doctor came in and said, well, I see that you've experienced cancer. And you said, what? Am I right? Yeah. No. He, yes. He said, <laughs> "I see you have you have had cancer." cancer. <laughs> and I I didn't say anything. I looked at him like, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> I haven't had cancer, but what the hell record are you looking at, sir? <laughs> After my lumpectomy that I had, sitting there, <laughs> and I was like. And he says, do you think, and he didn't pause too long. No. He said, do you think this is from that? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't had cancer. 
I didn't I didn't put the end in there because I didn't know what the hell he was looking at. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, no, it's not. So you remember in part one <laughs> when I say some people deny, and it's a, it's a it, it is a coping mechanism, especially if they use certain words. But let me tell you, Vanessa is the why of everybody. Why this? Why that? You need to explain. I need more details. But in this certain situation, she's like, okay, so I just got to have surgery and meet with an oncologist about medication. All right. (laughs) When I tell you I got in the biggest argument with my husband over nothing because I was so mad at you that weekend. When I tell you my girl Talisha was like, come to take, bring the girls to Chuck E. Cheese, which is a petri dish of germs. And I was ready to fight everybody. I was like, that weekend was so awful. (laughs) So we're going back and forth. And I, and I had to remind myself that I can't tell anybody about what they're experiencing. They have to. But what I wasn't going to let happen was you not getting to your appointment. You know, I was going to bug you until I had to take off time and drag you to your appointment. Yeah. So um, I end up. um, Well, actually, what you did was. (laughs) Bitch, you don't call that damn doctor back. I'm going to come out there. And bust you in your face. I said, what are you talking about, Regina? (laughs) You said, what? Call that damn doctor, Vanessa. And I'm going to call you back tomorrow. You better call that doctor. And and find out who they are and get in there and make your appointment. And what's crazy is we had just did a breast cancer walk. I was walking for my other girl, uh, girlfriend, who had a similar diagnosis, uh, you know, stage zero. Um, and they told her they used the exact same language that they use with you. And um, uh, hopefully she'll be on my next podcast. But um, and I'll let her tell her story. So I'm sitting here and I am calling you everything but a child of God, like Literally, I was so upset with you because I was like, out of everybody, I even did a small moment. I do these things called moments where I record myself. Out of everybody, she is the one. She is the one that I will stand up there for, blah, 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 blah. So fast forward, you go to your doctor's appointment, right? The doctor must have thought she was crazy because I said, you better call me. You better FaceTime me. When you get in that apartment. But when you FaceTime and you're in a building, the connection is off. So she had to call me. And I heard the doctor laugh, talking about, y'all must be really good friends. (laughs) (laughs) But I I must say, that doctor explained the medication to, like, to a T. She explained the side effects, what will happen, the purpose of it, um, how they can put you on a little and then increase it and the side effects. And like, I love the way she explained it to you Um, because I had just been through two other friends going through and 
her doctors were was your doctor was most effective about medication and my other girlfriend's doctor was so good about her surgery and the friend in Fayetteville I wanted to tell her to run don't pass go don't collect $200 don't go to this doctor it was that type of situation so dealing with that and handling that um you never want to hear a friend say they have it you you never just like you never want to hear a family member say they have it or you never want to hear a friend not say they have it <laughs> well i'm going to be honest i still i it, it, the way the doctor explains it or mm-hmm. the, the doctor explain it you know she she did not say cancer Mm-hmm. She said you're zero. What is that? Zero, negative? What is it called? Stage zero. Okay. <laughs> so if it's, we had this conversation. <laughs> I said, so tell me what stage that is. She said zero. I said, but it's a stage, right? <laughs> so what is it a stage of? Well, see, that's what, and I, I, I did ask her. I said, so cancer, she's like, no, it's not cancerous, but we want to take them out because they have the high potential to become mm-hmm. cancerous. Mm-hmm. So, and when you, when you so I, I'm taking that, the way she's saying it, okay, mm-hmm. well, I don't have cancer. The, the, but that's the bottom line, <laughs> which she said to me, when she said that. Yep. I don't have cancer. You do not. They remove the precancerous cells. Yes. You see this? The precancerous <laughs> cells. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing bunny ears right now, right? <laughs> They removed them, not once. They had to go in what? Twice, right? Were you twice? No, they they, they were supposed to just take it out of one breast. Then she said they saw something in the second breast, so they took them out of both. So they wanted you to have clean margins. Yes. Yep, those are words they use. They do. They use those words when they talk about breast cancer. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that we can laugh about it. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. However, you are now, you do not have, let me say, you do not have cancer in this moment, in this, in, in this second. Um, yes, no cancer. How is the medication? Actually, the medication has been fine. The biggest problem I had with the medication has been the um, headaches. Which oh, okay. gone away. Like, I had... I was having headaches, major headaches that regular Tylenol would not take away. Did you which um, typically would take it away? Any um, hot sweats? I mean, um, no, not that I hot remember. Hot flashes. But okay. Who knows? I'm 47, so that could be just part of the change. <laughs> <laughs> just part of life, and it's yeah. change. Stuff is just changing constantly <laughs> in these ages. <laughs> so, well, but I think the medication has been good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, it's exhausting taking medication yeah. this much. Um, cause as you do get older, whether you're sick or not, you just, it is what it is. You start taking more medication. Yeah. Um, and I just went to her and she said, Oh, everything looks good, but she wanted to take blood work. And mm-hmm. of course I forgot to take the blood work and left the building. I'm going to punch you in your face. Did you go and take <laughs> your blood work? No, I couldn't because then the Corona hit us. It was right okay. before the Corona. 
Well, so I couldn't go back you to best believe or... when it's up and we out of quarantine, I will be calling <laughs> you because they're taking blood work to look at levels of a certain yeah. thing. So, yeah, you, yeah. you definitely want to go back. And you know what? It's crazy. You got people who are still in treatment during this coronavirus, people whose immune system is, um, you know, it's not good during during this time, you know. I, I know people who've had radiation and their lungs were um, radiated. So they got so much stuff going on. Just had a lady um, who I met through Healing Pines, which is an amazing thing where you go for a retreat. Um, they pay for you to go to a hotel and they do a whole spa treatment for three days. Mm-hmm. And I volunteer for that. Um, and um, it's it's amazing. Hopefully I'll have them on the podcast. Um, but We've had three ladies in that group that I went to pass away. And one just passed away two days ago. And she was amazing. Um, And it was a different type of cancer because it's for anybody, any type of cancer. As long as you've been treated in the past, I think it's two years. But it's a great, great organization. But I was saying all this or all that to say that even during this time, we still got to take care of ourselves. We still need yeah. to do our mammograms. We still need to do our follow-ups. I ran out of my my prescription for um, the medication that I'm on for 10 years. And you have to be on your medication for how many years? Five. Five years. So five is the goal. Well, well see, that, <laughs> I, caught, I caught the facade in that. It's not really five Ooh, years because I, she was like, oh, yeah, 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 five years. And, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And she kept on talking. And all of a sudden, she started saying seven years. Mm-hmm. She started going up in the years. And I was like, hold up. Wait okay, a minute. Five. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we going up to seven. I thought you said I didn't have cancer. Why I gotta take all this meds? You know, it's preventative. It's preventative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Well, it's still it, it's good to take. Make sure you're taking your medication. Um, some people decide not to take it, and that's fine. Um, I have two friends who've decided that hey. The you know it's not worth taking it because of the side effects and they had stage zero or they were at a stage and they were like yeah I just don't want the side effects because it can give you know side effects of ovarian cancer and other things mm-hmm. so um just make sure you still take care of yourself so having that experience uh, with yourself having the experience with your dad having that experience with me what has all this done for you, your mindset, what's going on? Do you think you're in a good place? Do you think you're in um, a place where you're having more moments or you're appreciating life more? You know, everybody's like, oh, this has done this for me. No, I don't think, I I know, I don't, if I was to be honest, Mm. I don't feel like it makes me appreciate life more Mm -hmm. i think what it makes me do is um acknowledge more the little moments Mm -hmm. like it's not walking around saying oh look at that it's you know i I don't even know how to explain it 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 makes me more conscientious about death Mm -hmm. it makes me think about it more it makes me um, more come to the realization that 
it can come on us at any time. It doesn't matter. It comes yes, knocking at your, yeah, it doesn't knock at your door. It tears, it blows the house down. That's what it yeah, does. Yeah, because I think that, you know, appreciating life more, it's something that you have to do with others. And, you know, you could appreciate life to the fullest. And again, you still have to go to work and deal with a bunch of people mm-hmm. that are a pain in the asses. And, <laughs> You know, make you want to punch their head through the door and things <laughs> so like valid. that. You know, it's true. It's true. You know, it just, it makes me, um, I think, a better mother. Yeah. That's what it does. Because yeah. I want to have more moments with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So that, because I know event, death is coming on anyone's. Yeah. Death, death, death is going to knock on anyone's door. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to have more moments with her. Yes. I tell you um, what I've been through. It didn't change. Like it didn't change my life in this magical way. I I do appreciate my time. um, And what makes me appreciate my time is means I'm not going to deal with like foolery or anything like that. I'm going to do what makes me happy. I made a lot of changes during this transition, but I have this thing about my girls because I'm their mother and, um, you know, they look at my scars. They'll tell me, mommy, that's your lifeline. Or they'll point out things that I totally forget about. Um, or they'll rub on something. It was like, mommy, I hope you feel better. It makes me get up in the middle of the night and go look at them. Hug them, take that moment, pray over them, work on their energy, do a little meditation just to know that they're there. And um, there was another purpose for me to still be here. I got two beautiful baby girls. They're not babies anymore. They're driving me insane right now because I've been in the house since March 16th. (laughs) So they are driving me insane. But just, you know, I was telling my husband, why can't we do whatever we want to? Why can't we enjoy life the way we feel like we should enjoy life? There is nothing stopping us from doing what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, nothing at all. And I'm not talking about things that have to do with finance. I'm just saying, why not? Why not have more moments like the ones you want to share with your, with, with you know, with your daughter or with your family or not share moments with people who don't give anything to you. Like, you know, I'm good for saying no, thank you. And so are you. Don't do me any favors. Don't do me any favors. <laughs> that was my, oh, don't do me no favors. <laughs> I meant that with a passion, but uh, that's you know. because I, you know, I'm like you, I don't ask for much, but when I'm learning to, be okay with letting people in the people who love me in. And so you need to do more of that mama. Yeah. That, that, I don't know if that will change. I, I, I mean, because that, 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 you know, that comes from scars. Yes, I do. So of course, you know, you got to heal the scars before you you're able to let stuff like that occur yes and you know me and my sisters were talking about the scars because of course my dad is in the the scenario he's in yeah 
And, you know, uh, so we're talking about all these scars and Mm -hmm. the inability to actually move past any of these scars because, of course, you you know, well, it, I think my older sister has, mm-hmm. which is why what's going on impacts her so much more. Mm-hmm. But she's had an opportunity to have a relationship. And these scars come from ineffective relationships when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So now I, you know, I was saying to them, my mom died in her 40s from yep. a sickness. So and we never got the opportunity to heal those scars. And now dad's dying from mm-hmm. cancer, you know, and we're not getting a chance to heal those scars. Mm-hmm. So you're just walking around with scars. So saying, I got this, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I really you do need help. The re, the re, the the reality is everybody needs help. Everybody and needs everybody help. Everybody needs someone. Everybody needs someone. And I believe, like for me, how I heal the scars, the physical ones, because I swear I look like Ed- Edward Scissorhands up in here if I take these clothes off. But I look good. I remember th- I remember my doctor said, do you want to look good inside or outside your clothes? And I'm looking like, why can't I have both? <laughs> but my second surgeon, she made me look good all the way around. But... Self-healing really helped me, me taking care of myself. My honey said, you need to be a little bit more selfish. Guess what? That's what I am. I, I'm a little bit more selfish. Doesn't mean that I'm I'm trying to put you out there, but it means that I need to take care of myself. Because he said, if you're no good, how are you going to be good to me and the girls? I can't because I'll be working on these scars and this scar tissue. That just yeah. builds up. So self-care, like this Peloton right here, that's my self-care. I get on it. I jump on it. I feel better. Last week, I was killing it for two weeks, and then I stopped because all of a sudden, I hit a brick wall. But I knew that I needed to get back on my bike because in the endorphins, I feel better, and then I can mentally process stuff. So if you're unable to heal the scars because that person is no longer there, you have to find a way to move through those moments and forgive yourself. I didn't, you know, I, I'm a, I'm not that big on, I forgive you for being the butthole that you were. <laughs> no, no, no. I forgive myself for spending that time thinking about you when you were the butthole you were. I forgive myself for that and now I can move forward because sometimes that forgiveness is asking a whole lot but I can see that your eyes are drooping no my phone is down so when I pull my phone down everybody always thinks I'm going to sleep when really it's down (laughs) people don't know that we're FaceTiming and I'm doing this podcast and I know my husband's like shouldn't they been done but he should have known better when I was going to call you and do a FaceTime podcast that would be a whole hour and 30 minutes. And I'm just surprised ain't nobody came downstairs in your house yet. Or my dog hasn't barked or my kids well, haven't stuck their finger in it. Because Marcia's on her phone and, you know, that's where her that's that's where she wants to be all day. Tell her she so, can thank, she, she can thank auntie. She doesn't say anything to me. <laughs> She's so smart and gifted. She's so smart and gifted. 
<laughs> well, m- one thing I would say, make sure you tell your sisters, do their mammograms, continue to do your mammogram, um, do yourself uh, your monthly check. I don't care if you got a market on your calendar. Um, go to your doctor's appointments, do your follow-ups and do self-care. That's what you need, self-care. Is there anything else, ma'am, that we <laughs> that we didn't touch on? Some things I'm going to have to tell again. Josh, please just edit that whole section. <laughs> when we was dropping those bombs, just edit that whole section. But is there anything else you would like to say about the glow? Besides you have like this amazing, gorgeous friend that, you know... The glow doesn't define her. She defines the glow. You like how I did that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the glow doesn't define her. She defines That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's what chemo glow is about. <laughs> Getting your own glow out there. All right, Miss Vanessa. Well, I want to thank you for this long podcast that I got in two set two segments. And hopefully I have this posted up in the next couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Peace out, my people. Sound editing is provided by Josh Masters. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Connect with Chemo Glow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find more content at chemoglow.com.